Welcome to the news and why it matters. It's Stu and for Sarah Gonzalez. Joining me, Glenn Beck. Hello, Stu. Hello, Jeff Fisher. Stu. And Stephen Kent. Good He's back joining us again today. Glenn, top story. Uh, this great budget that's <laughs> not really a budget and not even a continuing resolution. It's just a lot of money. Oh, wow. We didn't get the continuing resolution on this nope. one. Great, great, great. Weird. Jeffy. I have uh, pretty much had enough of the internet outrage of the day. Mm. Um, there's every day we get just piled on with what we're supposed to be mad at. And there's a couple today that we're supposed to be mad at that I want to talk about. How will we know that we're alive, though, if we're not angry How at How will we know what internet? to be mad at? I, I don't know. I realize, you know, it's all started with, you know, it, I guess uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And it just went on into social media that way. You just have to be mad. Hang on just a second. It's been a long time since I've read 1984, but doesn't, is it Anthem or 1984 that starts out with you getting up in the morning and listening to the bulletins to see who you're supposed, who's to, supposed to be mad at? Who you supposed to be mad at? What you're supposed to, 1984, who's in, who's out today? Yeah. Amazing. So who's in, who's out today, Stephen? Well, who is in is Tucker Carlson, very popular these days. He delivered a fiery rant last night against the First Step Act and the release of 2,200 individuals under that act back onto the streets from federal prison. He's not happy about it. I think he's fear-mongering, and I will attempt to explain why. All right. All right. First, we're going to talk about American finance. Um, of course, if you are uh, looking, I did this when I was looking for a home. I shopped around, which is always smart to do. Now, this, is the first, this is the first home he's bought in a long time. Long yeah. time. It He's was committing. Yes, I know. I know. I committed uh, to Texas. Um, but there is a, uh, you know, you find the right company to work with. Uh, American Finance was, was a great one, and they had a great offer. They did not entertain my ridiculous mortgage tricks because uh, I was trying to get. He, uh, he asked for, <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but it was insane. And they were, you know, hey, so could you find a loan? Silence, silence. <laughs> uh, if you could get somebody to give that loan, uh, you might as well go for it. Yeah. Not, not, we don't think, no, that would be like the uh, Bank of uh, Juan. It was the Bank of Juan. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I did get my legs broken when I was late on the payment. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the thing. They do res responsible uh, lending, and that's why, of course, they lived through the 2008 crisis. Mm -hmm. um, um, American Finance is a great place to go, and they, they walk you through all the steps. You don't have to worry about, because uh, it, it's like jewelry. I always think it's like, you have no idea if the, if the diamond's real or not. It looks like a shiny rock. You have no idea. It could be a cubic zirconium. You need to have someone that you actually trust. American Finance is the place to go. Uh, call right now or visit AmericanFinancing.net. Glenn, the budget is here to rescue us. I love the budget, mm -hmm. which is not a budget nor a continuing resolution. Now, budgets are something that happens every year, and we, we, we look at each line of the budget, and we're like, okay, well, we're spending too much for baloney, mm -hmm. so let's cut back on that, and movies have gotten a little out of hand, kids, we're buying too much stuff on Amazon, <laughs> okay, that's what a budget is. Mm -hmm. Continuing resolution is just one big lump of money, and we're like, mm, just continue to spend this the way you think is good, Okay. Under the old budget restraints, which I think now we're approaching a decade old. Mm -hmm. Now, what we have here is a failure to do either of those things. <laughs> we just have a number going up saying, you know what? How do you feel about two point, what is it? Two point seven, two point whatever it is. Yeah. How do you feel about that number? Well, I don't know. I'd Pretty feel high. better about 3.1. I'd feel better about 2.3. All right, let's compromise. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> it just means that the 
the budget caps that we all remember the cute days when we thought, you know, we should pass a resolution in Congress that they'd have to stay within the budget. Yeah, and they couldn't spend over this cap. Yeah. The founders would be pleased. <laughs> yes. What they did is they found a way around that. They just said, budget caps, we can take them off and move them over here. That's what they did, and that's all this is, is they're now going to have to go back and put, to, put together a continuing omnibus, but they can't go over this money. So when, when Donald Trump said, I'm never going to sign an omnibus like this again. I remember that. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't. There you go. This is worse than the omnibus. The, and where, where are anyone, where is anyone... I have an answer. <laughs> Not in Congress anymore. Yeah. Retired. And I wonder if right. they, I, I wonder though if they're even around. Yeah. Are oh. they, are the, is the Tea Party there, but they are now so afraid they don't want to say anything because they know they'll be stomped on for being anti Trump or whatever it is, that they're not willing to stand up and say, this is out of control. Where's the Tea Party? Where's the Freedom Caucus? They don't do their job anymore. Right. Closely aligned with Trump and afraid to say anything bad. I mean, look, right. there is a that's a huge problem. I mean, just I, not forget even as a Tea Party member, just as a man, you know, if you happen to be someone who wants to stand up for something that you believe in, the fact that you're going to be pressured into not saying something because you might get a nasty tweet is a pathetic way to live. Uh, and I think that that is uh, what, we're, what we're seeing here. Look, uh, you know. It's very possible, and I think probable at this point, that there was never a time that any of these people cared about the budget. Like, you know, they just were fooling us when we thought they were in agreement with us. Um, but now they're not even attempting to fool us. It's just wholehearted embrace of, of, of these deficits. To, you know, to, they're never going to end. The thing that I haven't been able to figure out is whether or not these representatives who are in Congress who rode the Tea Party wave in really did go in believing that their voters wanted that issue addressed. You know, there's, yeah. this, there's this critique from the left that the Tea Party was never about fiscal issues. It was about identity. It was about, you know, patriotism. It was about what we have now with mm -hmm. Trump. And I sort of want to think that these representatives looked at the Tea Party, heard all the cries about the budget, and wanted to go in there and deal with that. But then the voters' priorities changed. Mm -hmm. And do they then reflect those changed priorities? That's one way you could look at it. Or they're just lying snakes. And they never <laughs> cared at all. I actually think that, I, my personal opinion on this one, is that they did go in there legitimately thinking that if their voters wanted this, and they were wrong. Like, I mean, you go back and you look at, like, some of the, you know, the, the big things that you were supposed to do to control the budget. Those things pull among Republicans at, like, 15% when it comes to budget cuts. I mean, it just, I think, like, the Tea Party, there was some connection to the Constitution, and, and, but it was more about, like, what they're doing in Washington is wrong. We need to stop it. What's the best way to stop it? Well, we're going to criticize the things that they're most extravagant on, and that was the budget. And so I think a lot of people, a lot of voters were like, look, you know, it was like, it, I'm not saying they didn't. They didn't believe it at the time, but I don't think it was a real core principle. Yeah, I think the Tea Party, now that we're really looking back and I've been thinking about it, I think the Tea Party really was about the Constitution, about a return to the Constitution. That was the priority, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but I can still take the Tea Party apart, you know, on that. Where are you with what's going on with the Constitution today? Yeah. Right. I mean, emergency resolutions and all sorts of things. Let me give you this to show you how bad this actually is. I'll give you this average spending tweet. Do we have this? Um, this is the average spending uh, of Barack Obama and Donald Trump. 
Obama's first term added 3% discretionary spending. Obama's second term was minus 2. Of course, you're coming off of this is when the Tea Party is actually kicking in with, with, the, with their cuts. And then Trump's first three years, the pace is plus 4%. Uh, you'll notice that is worse an increase in, in spending than uh, either of Obama's two terms. There you've, I've heard basically zero words of criticism on this from Republicans, and it should be there. Let me give you this, because this is, uh, you know, Republicans have had the opportunity to make some hard moves on the budget to show how much they really care. Uh, this is from National Review, an effort by conservative Republicans in 2017 and again in 2018 to trim the growth rate, not 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 cutting the programs, but just trim their rate of growth of entitlement programs from 59 to 5.8% per year was rejected by Republican senators for being too radical. 59 to 5.8. Even a recession bill, uh, a recession bill that would uh, reduce unnecessary spending by mere $1 billion over 10 years or 0.002% of the budget was defeated in the Republican Senate. Instead, lawmakers renewed billions in new farm subsidies for wealthy farmers and considered bringing back pork barrel earmarks. This is not oh a serious group right now. Millions I mean, will die if that point one <laughs> budget goes down. <laughs> Thank you. So what are they supposed to do, not spend the money, Stu? I know, and this is it. The sequester, right, like was, was not dramatic. This was like, hey, you know, we're going to shave a little bit off of the rate of increase, so and even that was too is crazy. Is it time to stop talking about politics and stop talking about these clowns in Washington and start talking about what we as families have to do to prepare. I mean, think, we have, if we have, let's say in 2022, Elizabeth Warren or Donald Trump, we know what Elizabeth Warren will do if we had an economic crash of 29 or even 08. We have a pretty good idea because Trump said in 07 or 08, I'd nationalize the banks. Mm -hmm. We fundamentally transform. We know that George Bush was presented. Mr. President, you're either going to be remembered as Hoover or FDR, and he chose FDR. In his words, okay, anyone who is elected, this next one, I think is going to choose FDR. They will just pour money, print money. What happens when we become risky credit? When we no longer have the kind of credit that we do have and our interest rate goes up? Do you know that by 20, what did she just say? 2022 or 2024, um, just our interest rate, uh, what we owe on interest every year, will be larger than the entire defense budget. Mm. Okay? I think that's, actually, I think that's in 2021, it's larger than Medicare. And then in 2024, it's larger than Medicare and the defense budget combined. This is why it worries me when we play so much hardball with some of our rivals like China, who holds most of our debt, <laughs> is I feel like what America has been able to do is spend, spend, spend and be part of sort of this, you know, globalist economy and work with other countries, make everybody happy. And then they don't really come after us for our debt. But what if we're not making everybody happy anymore? Isn't that where things could go really badly when we're spending, spending, spending and aggravating everybody across the globe? So look, well, how, look, yeah. how, look how favorably <laughs> the world looks on Greece. China would be Germany, and, uh, and we would be Greece. Nobody, nobody in Germany is looking kindly at Greece, and nobody in Greece is looking kindly at Germany. They both think the others screwed them. 
we, we, we won't have a sympathetic ear on the planet. People here will be like, we got to go against China. They're screwing us. Really? Did they? Or did we just screw them and the rest of the world that held our dollars as their sovereign fund? They hold all of their money, not in gold, but in our dollars. We tube because we keep spending. That affects their economy. Politicians are the same everywhere around the world. When their economy fails because we were pigs, they will all point to the ugly American. We'll, we will be the pariah. Yeah, that... that. <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait. Um, we'll be the pariah on the planet. It's, it's scary. It really is. And it doesn't seem like we have much of a plan to deal with it. It just seems like we just keep ignoring it. And, you know, the Democrats have always been there willing to spend more money. And Republicans were supposedly there to hold their feet to the fire. You see, the only time we've been able to cut any of these budgets was when the Tea Party was there. And they actually did some things and was able to cut a little bit. Um, but now there's no, there's no opposing force. It's like, you know, uh, it's like if, uh, if I wanted to buy uh, as many shoes as my wife does, and there's no one saying, hey, no more shoes. Like, your whole house is going to be filled with shoes. That may happen coming? to me anyway. How's that coming? That may will happen anyway. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more in just a second. <laughs> just no Nikes. All right, over 50 million people in America miss work due to pain. These Americans spend over $2,000 a year on pain relief. Uh, and two-thirds of people uh, actually expect to live uh, the rest of their life with some pain. They've basically wait, given you, up. Can you start with the beginning of that? How many miss work? Wait, they miss work for what? For pain? Pain. Huh. 50 million people. I, uh, I may not be in tomorrow. <laughs> uh, even though uh, I have uh, Relief Factor, and Relief Factor can actually help you with your pain a great deal. It has helped me. Um, it has helped many of the people here on, on the staff. I didn't take it for the longest time because who buys stuff off a of TV? That doesn't work. <laughs> uh, and my... Uh, a good statement for our network. I know. Oh, we're oh, crap. I'm selling you this on TV. Um, <laughs> but the honest thing is, is that was, you know, I just didn't think it was all natural. And it, please, it's not going to work for me. My wife made me take it um, because she was tired of hearing me whining about, ow. <laughs> and so uh, I started taking it. I took it for three weeks. I started feeling different. By the time I hit the first month, month and a half, I'm I'm on it. I don't I don't miss a, a day on it because it totally changes your life. Mm. Relief Factor three week quick start is only nineteen ninety five. Go to relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. So if you're not angry at the budget, Jeffy's going to try to get you angry about something. You've got to be angry today uh, for the internet outrage of the day. There's a couple of them. There's the Macy's plates, and there's the Tom Brady jumping off a cliff with his daughter. The first is the Macy's plates. Um, Macy's has a part of their store uh, called The Stories, and they have uh, plates that they thought were kind of fun. Uh, you see they have uh, circles on the plates mm. for people to realize if you put that much food on the plate, you're going to be wearing mom jeans. <laughs> or you're going to be wearing your favorite jeans. Or if you use this amount of portion, you'll be wearing your skinny jeans. Now, this is in a place 
That they claim is fun? Yes, <laughs> that they claim is fun. And they have some with the pasta and the pasta, and they have the plates with the outer ring that talks about food comas and foodies. And it was just kind of a joke until Allie Ward, uh, the science correspondent for uh, CBS series Innovation Nation, uh, caught uh, wind of these and uh, tweeted, how can I get these plates from Macy's band in all 50 states? Now, my response to that would have been, by Macy's, but Macy's didn't feel that way. <laughs> but Macy's didn't feel that way. Uh, Macy's, uh, and, and, and a lot of people went along with her, uh, talking about considering this to be fat shaming, right? And uh, making giving people the wrong idea about diet oh, and how they the look. That's the right idea. No, here's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to go in. Right I want to go in and find a Macy's that will find jackets that'll fit me or Jeffy. Thank you. And then you and I can say. How do I get these banned in all Macy's? They're trying to say that we'll look better in jackets that are clearly for, in his case, morbid, morbidly obese. <laughs> this just, Wait, this just blows my mind. I mean, my, my mom was a nutritionist when I was growing up. That was, her, that was her day job. And I don't understand how we've moved on from science of what is good to put in your body and what is not. And in how much quantity. And the quantity. amounts, right? Yeah, and how much quantity. We know that, that portions matter. Sometimes when you eat less, you feel better. Yeah, after I don't know dinner. about that. Watch yourself but, but, but yeah. I mean, like, we've moved so far on the issue of fat shaming, right? Like, not making fun of kids when they're overweight, giving yeah. them space to grow, and, yeah. and being kind Whoa, to people. We're better that? at that now. But now we're pretending uh, like you should get fat, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, no. No, or you're that you are fat shaming by saying if you pile your plate all the way to the edges, you're right. going to be Which wearing fat jeans. Right. I'll be okay. You know, yeah. No well, I deal. used to too. You got this <laughs> yeah. in your future. Um, so you you have. You know, they're, what they're taking on is not saying, you know, um, we're making fun of fat people. They're trying to make you forget the science right. yeah. that if you eat all of that, you're going to be fat. Is That's there, not helpful for fat people or skinny people or any people. I mean, I, I know I know this is the internet, an internet outrage of the day, but is there a possibility she was kind of joking? No. Uh, she really she wanted them banned? She, she wanted them banned. And in fact, she was, uh, uh, Macy's ended up, of course. Of course. Of course. Hi, Ellie. We appreciate you sharing this with us and agree that we missed the mark on this product. What can we get banned? Come on. Uh, let's it'll be removed from all let's the story Macy's locations. I don't think this is fun, though. This is the problem. People look at this as a sport, right? They just want to see right. if they can get let's stuff banned. Make it yes. a sport. Let's see if we can get Slurpees. That's something that is completely harmless. Everybody likes a Slurpee now and then. Mm -hmm. Let's get them banned from all 7-Elevens. Let's just see if we can do it. <laughs> the I know, left of the early 2000s and the 90s, weren't they the ones who were all like, all oh, Americans are eating these giant french fries yeah. and they're eating these jumbo sized yeah. sodas we need to stop them mm -hmm. and what where are they now like let people do what they want to do you're the ones who you want to talk about fat shaming put the calories on after every single thing you order you could call that fat shaming Hey, fatty, you want the s'mores? Really? You know that's fourteen hundred. They really tried that. They're it encouraging it you. They're work, nudging though. you. Right? They're nudging you. Is in the plate doing the same thing? If if the fat people, the anti-fat yeah. people, would have come out, you know, the the straw people. We're getting rid of all straws for the dolphins. And by the way, fat people, you should know, eat about that much. If it would have come out from those people, it would have been, been fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, it would have been mandated. 
that all plates are sta- you know stamped with I, that. Didn't we go through that with, with uh, Michelle Obama when she, yeah. I mean, she? That was kind of her plan of like portion yeah. control. And like now, because what? Because it's mom jeans and skinny jeans. Like it's just a silly little like lighthearted thing. And and yeah. it's you know I don't and know who what's cares more, if you don't like it. Don't don't buy, buy it. it. And what's more pathetic? That I, I'm ruling that, here from the table. What is what is in America? What is more pathetic? The science correspondent going after this or Macy's folding after one I think that's where we're at, is the Macy's folding. The companies fold so easy uh, for it. And that's with the Tom Brady, right? Uh, Tom Brady uh, takes his daughter, Cliff, driving on vacation in uh, Costa Rica. And he shows, posts the video of him being with his daughter. And the, uh, you know, the people try to be outraged about it, saying how terrible it was. Mm -hmm. But the response wasn't. Uh, outrage. The response was uh, was good. What was terrible Tom about it? it? Was it the dive, like the danger of doing the yeah, dive? Or we'll show yeah, the we'll show here. the video here. Yeah. It, it, I mean, there's definitely a little danger here for a six-year-old. Oh, well, it, I mean, the cliff is what ten feet. <laughs> right. But it means landing on a rock from ten right, uh, feet. Silence, load. <laughs> See, he's re- she he ready. Jump. She like wusses out halfway, so he's, he's ready. Like, her arm out. So he's got her arm. He's got her ready to that go. That's the deal. We're gonna hold ready. hands. Teach her courage. <laughs> That's right. Teach your courage. Good. Oh, she stopped. Yep. Okay. Oh, she got fell on top of him. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> See, it wasn't that far. They had. He didn't yank her arm. He no, just he went just and her. didn't hold. Hold. Didn't, didn't let, let go. go. I, I think. Yes. He, I think. Yeah. I think he intelligently yanked her arm to get her. To, once he's going, like he's got to commit to it, and he pulled yeah, her right. Out. It's just like it's a question. I mean, look, at six years old, I don't. I don't know that I would. Uh, I would I would do that, but I mean, you know, it's not the end of the world. The internet makes it seem like it was the worst yes. parenting move of all time. And like, look, she no, you know the people who chained their kids to the basement, yeah, you know, and then didn't feed them from a that, that's a bad parent. That was bad that was parenting. a really bad parent. Let's be clear on that. Okay, I don't yes. think this is bad parenting. And and look, some of the responses were, you know, my dad pushed me down the street uh, on my bicycle to teach me how to ride. We went straight into the curb and flew into the street. Couldn't get me off my bicycles as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, put your son in a dress, and everybody says, mind your business. Have fun with your daughter, and nobody minds their business. Which is a couple of my favorites. Uh, and two more. Uh, the story should be about Tom Brady being a good father and spending active time with his daughter, not freaking out about jumping 10 feet into the water. And, of course, I saw this video and thought it was cool that people are showing vids of dads with daughters. Thought it sent a good message. Then here comes Twitter. Yeah. You know, what matters is whether or not the child was afraid to jump after. Did she actually then, yeah. after being kind of you know, taken off the cliff, <laughs> did she go like, all right, I'm alive. I want to go do it again. Let's well, jump, yeah, jump, yeah. jump, Next jump, time jump. she jumped on the 11,000-foot uh, well, <laughs> Jumped out of the airplane. Yeah, definitely. I, I went home. tubing with my daughter uh, at the lake last week, and it was going to be her first time being on the tube and then actually falling off of it. She's eight. And she was scared to do it, so I went on the tube with her, and we held hands. And what I was going to do was I said, we got to bail out at the same time. It's going to be practice so you know what it feels like to hit the water, sure. skip like a rock, and mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. I held her hand, and we were going to both roll off each side. And what I was going to do was hold on to it and take her with me if she didn't go off at the same sure, time. Sure. We were going to count to one, two, three, yeah. jump. Uh, and if she didn't, she'd end up falling off by herself in a different part of the lake. So I would have done that, too. 
Um, yeah. it's, it's just unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> <right>? Thank you. <laughs> Look, uh, wasn't that your opinion earlier today with Tom Brady, or is that just your hatred for no. Tom? Well, first of all, Tom Brady is a horrible human being. That's totally separate from his, his mm. parenthood. Yeah. Um, Mr. I vacation in Costa Rica yeah, with the family. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's, you have, you've had Mr. enough Mr. I earned it. He cheated, he cheated <laughs> no, at the cliff jump. <laughs> yeah, he cheated a couple times. Uh, <laughs> that's been well documented throughout the league. Oh. Um, but I would say that as far as a parent, look, I think it's a borderline move as as, as me. Like, I don't know that I'm a six-year-old jumping off a cliff like that over rocks is not necessarily what I would want to do. I have a six-year-old and I, don't, I do not think I would let her do that. That you being said, it it's not a disaster, right? Like, it's not that big of a deal. I have four children. You stop. You, you, don't, four, you, you don't even four. go outside with your children. Have, stop acting like you're this rough and tumble four dad. four children. Infuriating. Five of my children were six at one point. <laughs> Wait, so please. How many? <laughs> well, let's not talk about it. do the math on that and come back in a second because I think there's a potential. There's a missing child? It does seem to be one. Well, I never made it to a seventh. We went to yeah. Costa Rica, but that's it. <laughs> There are really bad decision makers here at The Blaze, and they have decided to get rid of this show for tomorrow for some little special with a weirdo talking about what? another weirdo. Glenn Beck presents the Ilan Omar special tomorrow. Ilan Omar. Tomorrow, Ilan Omar. Like you've never seen her before. Uh, we're trying to explain because people are like, I can't believe that's true, and that's too confusing. So we're going to explain to you uh, where Alonamar came from, how she got here, how her family got here. Did she marry her brother? Is that possibly true? What happened to her first husband, who's now her current husband, when she divorced but didn't divorce mm. her husband to marry another guy? What's up with that? What's up with her IRS? <laughs> What's up with her IRS stuff? All tomorrow at five o'clock at our special. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, welcome back. To- to overtime. Stephen, uh, criminal justice reform. Yeah, so this past week, 2,200 inmates, a.k.a. fellow Americans, were released from federal detention across the country as a result of President Trump's First Step Act. We've heard a lot about this over the past couple years. Well, not everybody is happy about it, and I want to take us to a video of good boy Tucker Carlson on Fox News last night talking about what he sees are the failings of this measure. Well, so far this year, just this year, 2019, more than 2,000 federal prisoners have been put on the nation's streets <gasps> thanks to the passage of the First Step Act. You may remember that law. It was sold to lawmakers and to the rest of us as a way to ease overcrowded prisons and give a second chance to nonviolent offenders. That's, That's not what it's turned into. Them. In fact, that law has allowed hundreds of violent criminals and sexual predators back onto the streets. An administration official provided this That's show exclusively with data predators. on what crimes were committed by the felons being released by the, under the First Step Act. Turns out most of them were not in jail for smoking a joint 30 years ago. Instead of the roughly 2,200 inmates who've been set free so far, 496 of them were in prison on charges relating to weapons or explosives. Huh. 239 had committed sex offenses, such as rape and sexual assault. 106 committed armed robbery, and 59 had committed aggravated assault or murder. It's not what we were promised. So, 
There's a lot there, right? Those numbers can be very scary. And then Tucker sort of embellishes a lot on what every offense meant. Like sex offenses mean predators. It meant violent rape. Could be just about anything within that scope. Weapons and explosive offenses. That could just be someone carrying without a permit. It also... Um, these offenses get really muddy when you talk about stacking charges. And that's one of the things that the First Step Act sought out to do the most, was you end up with a drug charge, but you're also a drug dealer, so you're carrying a sidearm. Well, you're going to get that violent charge for, uh, for carrying a firearm as well. Tucker really kind of messes... <laughs> you have to tell me about that. He's, he's, really, he's, really, he's really drumming up a lot of fear over nothing here. Um, half of these individuals, roughly 60% of that 2,200, were already living in halfway houses at the time of them actually getting released. So they weren't even behind bars. They were halfway out to society. Mm. But what really happened here was that the federal government corrected its math and lived up to its promise to America. So nice. you get 54 credits a year towards re- early release. 54 credits, like 54 early release days. And for good behavior, you get those credits. Well, it turns out through a bureaucratic mess up, they were only giving people 47 a year. So they went back and cleaned out the backlog. And if you had been on good behavior for 10 years, you ended up getting about 70 of your uh, your days back. Which puts you over. Which puts you, you out. Yeah, and could get you out. Right. You're in that halfway house. 70 days could mean, actually, you're done. Yeah, you're and out. We're paying you back. Right, but, but wait a minute. <laughs> Let me just make sure I understand yeah. this. First of all, they were owed these days. Yes. Secondly, if they didn't get the days, they would be out in two months anyway. They would be out in two months anyways. And so we're talking about, and what Tucker is talking about, is people getting out for Thanksgiving instead of getting out for Christmas. Yeah, right. And, and so what are we really talking about here? What's underneath the surface? I think it's just that he doesn't want people getting out. And I know that we have a lot of people in the conservative world who are very anxious about criminal justice reform. I would have been to a couple of years ago, but... I I think what we have to remember is that we have got to get back to, one, these are American citizens behind bars. These are not the other. These are our neighbors. These are our friends. These are people who we have known. Um, Right, but I mean, they're people we know who are our friends that may have murdered someone. Yeah, and and, but... I mean, look, I think think I generally agree with you on this, but, you know, when you get to the point of homicide slash, what was it, aggravated assault, you know, look laws are there for a reason, right? So if you know that you can't break a law and you do break that law, you go to jail, you pay the, you pay, uh, you pay the price under the system, right? And the system, this is a ridiculous example for people who actually were going to be out in two months anyway. I mean, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Um, I think generally speaking, fundamentally, like if, you know, you shouldn't get extra um, punishment on top of the yeah. sentence you receive. However, I do believe that, you know, if you're, if we're talking murder here, I mean, like these sentences should be long enough that no bill is going to let these people out. Yeah, and those people aren't even part of this discussion. Hardened criminals, people have committed multiple yeah. murders. Like, that's not what the First Step Act covers. Right. right. Um, and that was not my understanding of it, uh, no, that's it, for sure. And it's, but he and said it's homicide and aggravated assault. What is that about? Is that one of those things? Because I thought the same thing on firearms explosives. Yeah. Well, firearms is a lot of nonsense in a lot of these cases. Like, they're not even real crimes. And, you know, they're BS gun control laws that are unconstitutional yeah. anyway. And the stack. But if you slash it with explosives, it sounds really bad. Yeah. Right? Is that, is that what we're talking about with aggravated assault slash uh, well, homicide? Because homicide... 
is a pretty serious thing. We have no idea, and he has no idea either. He doesn't say. All he did was get a couple of numbers from somebody in the White House who I guess didn't like that this happened, and then he just throws it out there with no context. We don't know what those 50 people who are marked down as uh, aggravated assault or homicide did and what the context was, but they were due their release. People are going to get out anyways. Um, 10,000 people per week, I think, leave the federal prison system. Um, this is this is about fairness. This is about following the law. Yeah. Um, and so all the government did was correct the math, and people got out as a result. Those I mean, numbers are so crazy too, because as you like you use ten thousand get out, but uh, it doesn't talk about how many of those uh, uh, go back in. Mm-hmm. The recidivation. One third. Is, uh, yeah, unbelievable. One third go back that's in. Just, yeah, yeah. that's too high. Um, you know, I mean, look, that is a serious problem that we have in this country. Sure um, but again, like I, I think. It's interesting to look at it from, from the perspective of, as a, when you step back and you say, okay, this particular law is one thing, but if all they're doing is correcting the math, and that's the reason these people are getting out, yeah. that is not a, like, I, that's a problem you have with the initial punishment. That's not a problem you have with the First Step Act. Yeah, it's not a jailbreak. It's just following the law. Mm. Um, I think we can have really principled and strong arguments about how long a person's sentence should be for double homicide or what qualifies as a life sentence. But if we are going to actually have a system where people can commit crimes, pay their debt to society, and then return to society, we need to stick to it. But I think we are a vengeful culture. I think that we are addicted to just wanting to get back at people. You see this across all elements of our society, and I believe that it is part of the criminal justice reform conversation, too. It's interesting. I, th- I think I agree with you on the sort of pragmatic, uh, short-term, uh, like the, sh- the, the, the more shallow statements you're making. Yeah. I don't know that I agree <laughs> Shallow with statements? That. I don't make shallow <laughs> statements. I think, like, though, you, it, as it comes to this law, like, yeah. you know, the shallow statement is like, okay, they just corrected their mistake and they're right. letting people yeah. out a couple of months early. Like, sure. I'm t- completely with you on that. I don't feel vengeful towards criminals. That being said, someone commits aggravated assault, someone commits, ho- you know, a homicide, um, that is something that I, I, I'm not going to feel bad about putting someone in prison. I don't, yeah. I don't have anger towards the person as far, I mean, if it happens to my family, I probably do have anger. Definitely but I mean, I mean, as a societal point, like, uh, you know, there is a real argument, and I think it's the right one, to enforce the laws that you have uh, and make sure that if someone does a com- a ser- commits a serious crime and, and hurts another individual, because like libertarianism, right, is, is all about not, you know, do what you want to do as long as you don't hurt someone else. Yeah. Well, as long, if you do hurt someone else, though, that, that is something. And I think sometimes libertarians go a little too far to say that, like, oh, we'll just never put anybody behind bars. Yeah. It, kind of always siding with the criminal when the criminal is someone who's violating someone else's individual liberty. Yeah, they've broken the social contract, right? Plus, uh, I've, I misunderstood you, so we need to talk about what constitutes life. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, what, what constitutes uh, life a, life, is, a life sentence? Uh, like, yeah, a life sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, what do you need to do to end up with life behind bars? And so in my time doing uh, work on criminal justice reform issues, what I would end up, you know, dealing with in the comments section is a lot of people would say, well, you know, you do the crime, you got to do the time. And I would simply ask, okay, here's this person's offense. Do you have an idea of how much time it should be? And they usually don't. Mm-hmm. The, time, does. the time is already like 40 years for you know, getting busted, uh, you know, dealing, dealing drugs on your second offense with a handgun. 40 Which years. Which is insane. And there, and 40 years. And when you say that out loud, like the, you said, that person who said, uh, well, they do the crime, do the time. But if it's, if it's them, <laughs> 40 years for your yeah. second offense and a joint and a gun, you're thinking, wait a second, yeah. that's way and too 
again, when you have the gun and that's what makes it a violent offense. That's what obscures Tucker's conversation yeah. here about who are violent offenders. I, I try to be real with people about this issue and just say, like, look, if you are a drug dealer, you probably carry a gun. Right, right. <laughs> you probably carry a gun. That's just what happens. That doesn't mean that you're the kind of person who wants to use it. But this is real life. Yeah, and, you're, and you're doing dangerous stuff. Carrying a gun is a Second Amendment right. I, so, yeah. I mean, I, you know, again, I, it's, hard, it's hard on that one. I will say, though, like... I. Let me push back a little bit sure. on this point. I, uh, I, you know, unlike Jeffy, yeah. I would say I'm a rule follower at some level. And it's like, I know there are things that I find to be completely ridiculous that I have to do in this society. Uh, paying income do tax being number one. Why do them? Right, exactly. Um, uh, you know, there, there's no criminal justice reform when Jeffy's out of prison. I think we can agree <laughs> on that. Um, but like, it's a, situ- it's a situation where, um, you know, I pay my income tax. I hate that law. Yeah. Right. But I and I know what the penalties are. So I freaking pay it and I suck it up and I do it. And I, you know what? I will. I'm on the air blabbing all the time. Let's repeal that 16th Amendment. I'm all in on it. Um, there is this there's this temptation, I think, by people who who want to uh, you know, see a more just society yeah. to look at this and say, because you don't do this either. Like there are laws as a libertarian that you completely disagree with, but you stay within them yeah. because that's what our society demands. Right. And so I feel like there is, if you know the crime of dealing drugs yeah. and having a gun is 40 years and it's publicly posted, everybody knows it's a bad thing if you do those two things in combination, I, it's hard to have incredible sympathy for someone who just decides to do it anyway and afterwards tries to tell us, well, let me out after two years instead of 40. Yeah. You know, I, I do agree that one aspect of mandatory minimums that is helpful is that, you know, it's like written in stone. Yeah. Like, this is how much you're yeah. going to do. Um, but I don't actually believe that most people know uh, the, the severity of the situation when they've been busted for something like, oh, wow, I did something that's going to be stacked up to 40 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it's that piling on of different sentences that yeah. blows a sentence, you know, sky high. I think, too, um, just having the judge uh, be able to have some leeway to understand the case and look at it and say, like, this person, all right, but they probably didn't know, and then and they, this is their first-time offense. Uh, that is a And this is what's thing. so tough, is we hear horror stories of judges who, who yep. make, get this all wrong, mm-hmm. and we hear good stories of when a judge looks at the kid and goes, I know this was a mistake, and you know it, and I'm going to give you a second chance. And and we we want crazy. more of that. Yeah. But then we get the bad stories about what that guy, like in the college swimmer who was, you know, like raping some of his classmates, and like the judge, like just let him, let him go. Right. It was just there was just another one in New Jersey not long ago where yeah. the judge let the kid uh, off with a with a so-called rape that he comes from a good family. Yeah, these, are, oh, yeah, yeah. these are trade-offs you have to make in a society that thinks about what justice means. And I don't think we should ever stop arguing and discussing what it means to have a just society. And that will, that will come with some mess-ups. Right, definitely agree. Definitely agree. And that's you know, part of my argument on guns, too. It's like, you know what? Yeah, sometimes you're going to be give, giving guns to people who will use them in, you know, incorrectly. But, I mean, it's part of our Constitution. You know, freedom is part of our Constitution. And unless you're, you're really sure, the person should be, should be free. Um, Stephen, you're our guest. You're, you're here with us uh, today. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're leaving after the show. Um, I want to give you a selection okay. of three stories. We can only do one. You get to, you get to choose. Choose your news. Uh, a woman plans to marry a 91-year-old chandelier. A trans woman... Classy. <laughs> yes, I know. A trans woman in genital waxing case has applied has applied for a permit to host a semi-nude pool, public pool party with children. Or, the word Lord has been removed from a new police, memor- uh, from a new police memorial stone uh, because they thought that was offensive. 
Who thought it was offensive? Uh, a, it, was that choosing? The officer who died? It does seem like it was choosing. Yeah, it was choosing. Which one are we choosing? Uh, I would like to talk about this woman who married a chandelier. Okay. Uh, that, that just sounds like a class act, and I'd love to know about how she identifies. All right, Jeffy, how does the chandelier bride or groom Well, identify? Just, no, first of all, she, uh, that's, a good, she, that's a good photo. she knows that uh, Amanda Liberty is her name. Mm. And uh, Amanda, who changed her name from Whitaker uh, not long ago because she had a prior... Long-distance relationship. Is her last name? Liberty, because Liberty. because of her yeah. prior long-distance relationship with the Statue of Liberty. By the way. Oh, really? But that that relationship is over. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Was it she, a good breakup? You yeah. want to know how she identifies? She identifies as an objectum sexual. Okay. Mm. Objectum sexual, and uh, she's had plenty of open relationships with multiple light fixtures in the past. No jealousy between the light well, fixtures. Well, we, you know, she didn't talk about that. I think there was. But uh, once she saw Lumiere uh, on eBay for 500 bucks, uh, she knew it was love. From Beauty and right the away. Beast. Uh, that- right away. <laughs> yes. And uh, she, she said she knows a lot of people, and I don't know why this is. She knows a lot of people think that her attraction to chandeliers is strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she would think that. I don't know anyone who thinks that. But she believes she's not crazy, and she's just following her heart. And the wedding will be soon. She knows she can't marry the chandelier in the regular sense of a marriage. I'm just impressed married. that she's kind of into older chandeliers, yeah. you know, instead of younger ones. Like, that one's 91 well, she, well, years she, old. It's like, she, is she, she going to get rich off of it when she, it dies? If you think about it, if you think about it, she went young, right? She was with the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And she's then she said, younger and younger. Well, she went with the 91, like, oh, I got a little whippersnapper okay. here. Yeah, it's yeah, a situation changed. where she gets, like, hammered and goes to a lighting store and hooks up with, like, an LED. Oh, boy. That's embarrassing. Oh, boy. That's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> all and she would end up on the uh, the uh, registry. <laughs> uh, all right. I so mean, <laughs> our poll yesterday, what's the biggest issue of 2020? We all predicted this, I think, yeah. yesterday. Immigration, Immigration, 79%. The economy, only 13. Healthcare, 6. And abortion, 3. Trump, man, he does control. I give him that. He controls the freaking country's dialogue. Yes, I mean, he does. Immigration yes, is, he a, does. is a real issue. I mean, we've talked about it for decades now uh, as a really important issue. What was the number for him? Immigration? 79%. Wow, to economy 13? 13. Incredible. Now, you, know, you can make the Incredible. argument the economy's pretty good, so maybe like people aren't as concerned about it. But I mean, like, if you're if you're someone who cares about abortion, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, you, some people are pro-life, some people aren't. But if you're a pro-life person, isn't abortion absolutely the right answer? Mass there? murder. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's, that yeah. that's how you'd that's see the it. Correct answer. Um, healthcare is a lot of people living and dying. The quality of Obamacare, like, it's amazing. Just because Trump is focused on the wall and immigration, it really does drive the conversation. As and that's the most important thing. Look, I mean, I think honestly, if you look at that objectively. And I'm a guy that cares about border security very much. Objectively, that's the the last one on that list as far as importance level goes, in my opinion. I mean, the economy is is got. I mean, abortion has to be number one to me. Uh, After that, probably economy, then healthcare, then immigration. Right? Like, I mean, you know, immigration is important. We need to make sure we get it under uh, control. Uh, but that is, uh, you know, I guess that's just, you know, it's, it's a hot button what, issue. What I will say to the credit of the people who answered this poll is that I, I understand their frustration just sure. so much. Uh, Washington has been playing games with them for years Forever. about this yep. issue and making them feel badly that they actually are interested in, in the border and wanting to define who is and is not an American. Um, Especially the last couple of years. I mean, they they do nothing but condescend people who care about the issue of immigration. It would be at the bottom of my list, too. Yeah. Um, but they've handled this wrong, and at some point, they're going to have to answer to their voters and do something. What do you, how do you rank these, one through four, Stephen? Uh, I would actually copy yours, uh, abortion, economy, health care, immigration. Jeffy, can you read those words and to rank them? 
Uh, I think uh, healthcare, abortion, immigration, economy. Yeah. You know I mean, the immigration is still important, man. We've got and all we, of those, of course, we have to stop. We the, have to do The stuff. reason that I would move immigration up if I had to change it up would be that I think we're going to tear each other apart if this issue is not solved. It is not the most important issue, but it is becoming the most, like, just boiling it, hot. It, and it is a big issue. There's no question. Sure it's just that sure. that's a good list. That's just a big list. Yeah. All right. Um, our poll for tomorrow is Boris Johnson, the U.K.'s Trump. Confirmed. Confirmed. Oh, yes. 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 He's, he's a, a ten-downing man. He's the man. Yeah, I he's already I, being listed as a divisive. He's quite right. the free trader, though, to be compared to Donald Trump. He's, you know, he's he's definitely has policy-wise is 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 pretty different. He hadn't even been in office for even minutes, yeah. and he's already divisive. And I think we will so look back true. and see Trumpian as an attitude and not a yes. set of ideas I, because the ideas are yes. pretty nebulous. It doesn't really matter. I yeah. don't think people necessarily care all that much. They just like the fact that he kicks everybody's ass. Like That's, yeah. like, that's what they like about it. Yep. Alright, uh, We tomorrow is the Elon Omar special. Uh, make sure that uh, you come check that out here on Blaze TV. Jeffy, you got the podcast? Make sure you download and uh, subscribe to Chewing the Fat uh, with myself. And uh, today, actually, I get today I'm talking to uh, Catherine Jew. Uh, at Political Kathy. She was kicked uh, the uni- uh, from the University of Michigan. She uh, lost uh-huh. her uh, title as uh, Miss Michigan, Miss World. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I saw that story. She's a big conservative. Talk to her. And uh, we talked to her. She's on the podcast today. Oh, wow. Because uh, usually her struggles with that. Most women don't want to you know, come on the... She didn't know. Oh, she didn't she know didn't who you know. were. She was just chewing. Oh, chewing? Yeah, okay. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I got to hear that. Was she... Uh, what, what was her... I mean... She, you know, she's not going to... Uh, you know what, Stu? Listen. Listen to the podcast. Got it. Okay. Uh, Stephen uh, Kent, uh, you, where can people find you? Yeah, find me on Twitter at Stephen underscore Kent 89, and you can follow my podcast at Beltway Banthas. We talk about Star Wars, politics, much more. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will see you on Thursday, I guess. Thanks. No spoons? Yeah, no where's spoons. the food today? Where's my burger? Where is the food today? Marissa! No, we should have had more, <laughs> more international food. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.